The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where we work our fingers to the bone each and every week, bringing you the best guests, the best information, and the best topic to help you start or grow your own real estate investing business. And tonight... We're going to talk about why you, and when I say you, I mean you singular, you, every single one of you who is listening to the radio right now needs to know more about notes and mortgages than you do right now. A couple of quick announcements first. The Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati has its second meeting of the month of July tomorrow night. I take that back. We didn't have a meeting the first week because it was the 4th of July. We all, we all thought about each other, though. So it was sort of a meeting. It was just like a virtual meeting. Uh, Our first meeting for the month of July is tomorrow night. Uh, It is an Ask the Expert night. We've got about a dozen local experienced investors in a huge variety of um, areas like Airbnb and um, getting started and rehabbing and wholesaling and managing rental properties and taxes and asset protection and they're all going to have their own little tin top and if you have you want to know more about that topic you just go sit with them and you can ask any questions you want and you can listen in on other people's questions if you're afraid that you don't know what questions to ask and you'll get a chance to visit a a number of these tables over the course of the evening Uh, at the early meeting we've got an introduction to creative finance techniques for new investors and then for experienced investors we've got uh how to create notes and then sell those notes. If you're wondering, you know, how to get some note inventory, just make it yourself. If you can come to that meeting tomorrow night, uh, CincinnatiRIA.com is where you get more information. That's CincinnatiREIA.com. You can even download a free first-time guest pass if you are a first-time guest. Uh, If you can't attend the meeting, we're going to talk a little bit about one of those topics, actually, this evening with my guest, Donna Bauer, who is also known as the original note buyer. She's from right here in the Cincinnati area, but she is probably the most recognized authority in the country on the topic of uh, buying and selling notes and mortgages. She's been teaching people how to do that for over 20 years. And Donna, as I'm looking at your bio on your website, I noticed there is a huge missing factoid and I don't know if you want me to share it with the audience despite the fact that it's not here and that is you've been teaching it for two years or 20 years but you've been doing it <laughs> a lot longer than that my, my suspicion is it doesn't say here how long you've been doing it because you don't want people to go all right wait a minute so she started at say she had five kids so she started four kids so she started at 28 and how old would she be now <laughs> I started at 20, and I've been doing it for 30 years. <laughs> there you go. That's that's uh, 
I would have said 14, but <laughs> sure. Uh, so Don and I have done a number of shows here on uh, Real Life Real Estate over the course of the last few years, like 20. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. You know how long I've been doing this. <laughs> yes, I do. I just don't. I just didn't know if you wanted me to tell everybody else. Um, so we're going to we're going to kind of take a different tack this time and not not talk about like what are notes and mortgages and how do you buy them and because we've we've covered that ground and and you can actually you know if you if you need that that kind of level of of understanding about the note and mortgage business then you can go and listen to any one of the shows that we've done on real life real estate at realliferealestate.com there's like 200 shows up there and if you just ch uh, search notes you know we, we talk about notes a lot but we're going to talk about them today more as um a tool in your tool bag if you're a landlord if you're a wholesaler, if you're a retailer, the note and the note and real estate world have tended to live kind of separately where like there's there's no conferences where all they talk about is notes and people who buy notes say, why would you ever want to own real estate? And then there's real estate conferences where people don't own notes and they say, why would you want to own notes? You should only own real estate. But D Donna kind of has a foot in both worlds. And we're going to we're going to discuss how like you as someone who doesn't think of yourself as a note buyer could be making money off of notes anyway, without making it like a full-time business or a, a huge focus, or even in some cases going out and finding your own notes. So with that long introduction behind me, welcome Donna Bauer. Thank you for having me on again. Great to be here. <laughs> uh, so you are a big fan of, and I, and I should say, so you, you're, you've been in the note business for a long time. You somehow raised a child who's a real estate investor instead of an <laughs> instead of an like like the apple the apple just like flew he's like the he's like the black sheep of the family because he likes owning properties I guess um, but you you really do like you understand both of these worlds and you really feel like every real estate investor ought to know ought to have at least a basic you know education on what to do when a note opportunity appears and why, why is that do they really appear that often to people who aren't looking for them i i can tell you without a doubt that as a real estate investor if you are not familiar with the potential opportunities with notes you are either missing out on deals or not making as much money as you should on your current deals Mm -hmm. Because you mentioned if a note opportunity presents itself, a lot of times people don't recognize it. It's there. But if you don't know what to look for, you don't even know it's right in front of you. And you might have a golden opportunity to make more money on your deal or do a totally separate deal with the note, but people don't even realize it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I... I uh... I could not agree more, and I'm, I'm I'm saying that from like personal experience because, as you know, you and I were in a mastermind group together for a long time, yes. and you would always harangue me about, you know, <laughs> you really need, you really need to come to my note event, you really need to learn about these, and I'm like, nah, I'm a, I'm a real estate person. I grew up in a real estate family, and I continue to tell people I'm not in the note business. Like that's like one of my favorite yes, things to say. But how many notes have you done? So many. <laughs> well, and, and 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 that's the thing. They tend to, they tend to pop up uh, you're not you know you're not necessarily looking for an opportunity to to do a note or buy a note or whatever sell a note um they they pop up 
and because I do know not obviously not nearly as much as you do but I do know enough to kind of go you know that looks like a good deal let me further evaluate and I know how to evaluate it and I know how to get it closed I honestly I probably make $50,000 a year on notes accidentally isn't that cool (laughs) can you imagine what would happen if you did it on purpose (laughs) but no no I'm not in the note business I'm in the real estate business I don't I don't do notes except for the two I'm closing this week and and that's a true story I somebody uh, you know when you go to RIA groups you know you network with people and you don't you don't always uh like in a group like Cincinnati Rio where there's a thousand members and 150 of them show up at every meeting um you don't always remember everybody you met but I got a a call about six months ago from a guy who said I met you at Rhea and I have this note that I created so it was he sold a property to another investor and created a note and I really need to turn it into cash and I was wondering if you'd be interested and and I kind of went, eh, maybe I'll refer this to Donna or something. And I said, where's the property? And he said, Northside. Now, for, for those of you who are not from the Cincinnati area, Northside is probably the hottest neighborhood in Cincinnati. It's one of those neighborhoods that 10 years ago you could have bought houses for $25,000. And now that same house, which is only 900 square feet and has two tiny little bedrooms on the second floor, fixed up will go for 170 right? And... uh I said, well, tell me how much he owes you. And he said, $23,000. <laughs> and I said, you know, I'll, I'll take a look at this. And I'm, I'm buying that note for $12,000. Uh, there were some issues with the paperwork and some other things. You can get good <laughs> deals as yes. long as you know how to fix them. And what I really want, I mean, it's a performing note. Like, the guy's mm-hmm. been paying every month for mm-hmm. three years. I'm really kind of hoping he'll stop paying. <laughs> I hate to tell you, but on those kind of deals. <laughs> what, I, what, I, what I would really like to get would be the house. Exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, it's an accidental deal. Uh, the, the rate of return is gigantic. If it fails, I'm almost happier <laughs> than if I wasn't. And, and I'm not in the note business. So, I, I totally agree that when 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 people get that call, which you will, I mean, if you're if you got enough lines in the water, someone is going to call you and they're going to say, "I have a property to sell, but it's subject to a land contract," which is effectively the same thing in Ohio mm-hmm. as a note. Uh, or I I got your I got your letter, but I don't actually own that house anymore. I sold it and took back a note, right? So there, these things these things do happen, and there's a lot of kind of money to be picked up if you understand what's going on, which is what we're going to talk about when we come back from a break. Here, listen, if you have any questions about notes, mortgages, how real estate investors can use them. Maybe you've got a deal that kind of crossed your path recently and you didn't know what to do with it and you'd like to talk about that. You can give us a call at 877-772-9658 or send an email to askvina at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A at gmail.com. And we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Donna Bauer, the original note buyer. And we're talking about um, not, you know, not being so, like most of the note people who come on the show are like super intense about, no, 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 you should only do notes and let me give you the 17 bullet pointed reasons why (laughs) the note business is the best business. And Donna, Donna says... Yeah, you know, you don't actually have to be that serious about it. You just have to kind of know about it so that when you have a chance to make some money 
or convert a note into a property or a property into a note. You know how to do that intelligently. And um, that that is, I do want to emphasize that, Donna, because you and I were just talking in the in the green room over here. I'm making the station sound like it's like huge and we've got a green room <laughs> over here. Um, that uh, you see a lot of people who, they, they, they sort of, they're looking for return, typically. Mm-hmm. And someone who knows a lot more than they do goes to sell them a note and it looks so good, you know, oh, I'm going to get a 16% return. And where it falls down is when the person who's investing the money doesn't understand what that deal's supposed to look like. That's exactly right. Um, I actually had this happen with a student and um, had she gone ahead and bought the note, she probably... It could have turned out to be an okay deal, but I can tell you this, it would have been an unenforceable note. Mm-hmm. So even though she was getting, I think it was like a 13% return right off the bat, as long as they pay you, that's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. But um, thankfully, she brought it to me before she closed, and I took a look at it, and we talked to the note seller, made some changes, actually modified the land contract before it was purchased. I mean... For example, if if the note does not have the actual amount of principal and interest that's to be paid every month... Is that a problem? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> if it doesn't have a maturity date on it, you think that might be a problem? You know? And, and it's like, how can you declare it in default? How can a judge rule in your favor... You know, on something so silly as that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's important, but... Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of bad paperwork out there you're not kidding behind behind notes and i've i've had to clean up some and i've had to um reject some because it couldn't be cleaned up and it was exactly like what you just said as long as everything goes exactly like it's supposed to this thing's going to make all kinds of money and if it doesn't i'm going to lose all of my money and the the key thing about making any kind of investment, and I, I don't care if we're talking about notes or apartment buildings, anytime you're putting your money into something, you have to have enough knowledge of it to just be able to look at the basic numbers and paperwork and say, does this look right? Because okay. you can't necessarily trust the person who's absolutely <laughs> selling it to the, you to, the, to have it right. The thing is that if you follow m- my program, I've got, I, I teach you how to evaluate the note. I teach you the things to look at. Every deal that I do I know it's a safe deal. And the reason is, like you said, if they don't pay as agreed, the thing is that you should have security that, first of all, your note needs to be enforceable so that you can foreclose and you take the property back. And if you've done your homework right, you're going to make more money than you would have made if they paid on time, mm-hmm. just like your deal in Northside that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, And there's there's moving parts to the to the note business just like there are uh in any other business and i just i don't know it just it makes me so nervous when somebody calls me up and says oh guess what i did i just bought my first note and they say and i say well you know tell me about it and they can't tell me that much about it that's a problem yeah that's a real problem well, it's got a it's got a 16 percent return okay like but what it you know what 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 what's, what, the, what's the what's the security uh, it, it's a house i haven't seen it it's in wisconsin did you even see it on Google Maps? Did you like? <laughs> are you, you have sure any idea of the value of it? Is there any equity in this property? Yes, very, very true. Now that's that's um that's one side of the the why everybody needs to know about notes thing is that the the, the, the opportunities for true note deals pop up. 
But you've got another side to it that I know that a lot of my um, indoor landlord friends, the ones who like, they, they've got all the properties they need. They never have to do a thing again in their entire life are exercising. Like I can't, I can't believe how many people I see, I've seen doing this right now. And that is if you got properties, you can make the properties like ultimately super duper duper passive by turning them into notes. Exactly. And so the beauty is like some people think, oh, I don't want to be a landlord anymore. I'm going to sell the house, get the money and uh, where am I going to put it in the meantime? There's no need to do it that way. You have this great investment if you sell it and carry back a note. So that means they're going to make payments to you. Okay. If they don't, you take the property back again. And you already know you like the property because it was your property to start with. You already know what it's worth. You know what it looks like inside. (laughs) And you would get to keep any deposit they made or any down payment or anything like that. But the the thing is that you're so much better off to keep your money invested in the property. And hey, if if something comes up and you need $10,000, you could sell part of that note. Or sell the whole note. But what people don't realize is that notes are negotiable. They're an asset. And if you need money, sell them. And otherwise, keep your money invested in them. Mm -hmm. And you have a nice, safe, secured investment. And you can trade them. You can trade them, absolutely. um, We're both... uh you know, familiar with uh, Pete Fortunato, who was actually yes. guest here about uh, three months ago. And he seems to like to just have a number of notes that, you know, they're performing and he's collecting the money on them, but his real purpose with them is to find something to trade them he for. He loves to trade. <laughs> <laughs> right. So so if you've got a seller who says, uh, I, I won't take less than X dollars for my house, and that X dollars is more than you can pay for cash what if you said, well, I'll, I'll pay you this much lower amount of money and I'll also give you this note that somebody else is paying on, right? Yes. So it's a, this note this note has a balance of 30000 so I'll give you a 50000 plus my thirty this $30,000 note, which is performing and you'll just get the income every month. There's all sorts of possibilities. You might want to buy a boat for $30,000 and you've got a note that people for 30000 that someone's been making payments on for several years. Hey, if the person doesn't need the cash, why not trade the note for the boat? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so many, many, many uh, possibilities out there. And uh, the, the, the by the way, we should we should say, noting out your rental properties isn't just some for somebody who's like I'm retiring and moving to Florida. I mean, I've got I've got uh, I went through my all my rentals about two years ago, and I said, all right, which one of these do I, which ones of these do I really like? And I would like to still own them when I retire. Like they 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 good neighborhoods. I think they're going to appreciate uh, not a lot of problems with them, whatever. And which ones do I not like so well? <laughs> which ones Which ones just always seem to be a problem? Um, they're, they're in neighborhoods that I've mostly divested from. And I set out to sell all of those ones that I didn't like that well. And a lot of them, I sold them on notes. Absolutely. That's a great technique. And in fact, some people, they are flippers and their whole business model is to plan on selling with a seller carryback note. Um, at OREA this year, I'm going to be presenting It's a, a strategy I, I presented last time I was there and people just ate it up. You can sell a note okay, or create a note. And now the problem is that you still owe maybe on your rehab loan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Create the note, sell enough of it so you pay off the rehab loan, 
and then you retain the rest of it and you got all your money coming in over time earning mm-hmm. interest yeah and let's and let's let's walk through that with like realistic rehabber numbers in in and we're sorry californians we're going to have to use cincinnati rehab numbers because that's where we live but you can add a zero onto the back of all the numbers <laughs> mentally and it will still work the same way okay so a typical rehabber might um might buy a $150,000 property but be all in on it. So between the purchase price and the rehab costs for, let's to make it a round number, let's say $100,000. Okay. And the option that most most of them then take is they sell it for one fifty, mm-hmm. out of which they pay a realtor commission, uh, closing costs, transfer taxes, da 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 So really they, they don't keep 50 <laughs> they, okay. they they spend about fifteen thousand dollars usually on closing and finance costs and the reason they sell it right away is because they owe a hundred thousand dollars to somebody they borrowed a hundred thousand dollars on a very expensive hard money loan right like 12 percent interest and and it was only a six-month loan anyway so they see no option other than to just sell the property and get rid of it you're suggesting that instead they might do what they could sell it and create a note, okay? And we have to watch here on the loan to values because you didn't give me much room to, to make sure that I have a good, safe mortgage here. Mm-hmm. But um, what you could do is you could create a note. Let's just say you're not getting down payment. I mean, normally I would, but just to make the numbers easy. So if you sold it on a note for 150000 Chances are you wouldn't have a realtor involved in that yes. because it would sell in one minute if you were selling $150,000, no money you down. You wouldn't need a realtor. That's what I was <laughs> going to say. Okay. So what you could do then is you could sell enough of that note so that you would net the 100000 that you need to pay off. And if you have to pay a realtor, let's add that on. Let's say it's another $10,000 for the realtor fee. So sell enough of the note so that you get 110000 out of it right now, okay? Mm-hmm. And you pay off everything, and then that last 40000 you collect payments on. Mm-hmm. So the way that would work is I would <clears throat> – actually, if I was selling it on a note, I wouldn't sell it for one fifty. No, you would if sell was, it at a discount. <laughs> no, if I, were, if I were selling the property to a homeowner oh. and I was carrying the financing mm-hmm. – be one fifty eight nine. Yes, you, you could sell you, it for you can mark top up. dollar. Top yeah, dollar. you can you can mark up properties when you're making it easy for people to buy them. Yes. right. And I am going to get money down. Forget this, no money down thing. So I'm going to because I mean the buyer would have to have money down if he bought FHA or bought. And we're assuming that he can't do that or he wouldn't be looking yes. for seller financing in the first place. So I'm going to get maybe sixty five hundred bucks down minimum on that, which is my money. I get to keep that. And then I uh, have this note for the balance, and then I call you up, and I say, Donna, I've got a $150,000, $152,000 note, and I need to sell $100,000 worth of the payments. And so what that means is for the first however long that works out to, we, we could get out a calculator and figure that out, you would actually get the payments. Yes. And then after you had been paid back your 100000 with interest then the payments would do what's called reverting to me meaning that it, it might be it might be eight nine ten years up the road before that money comes back to me but but you've already got all your money out i have of no it. yeah i have no in, i have no money in this investment at all yes. and i got my down payment yes right so i've got i've got at least that um that's uh that's actually something i don't know about you but I have a hard time making people understand why they would want a guaranteed source of income ten years from now. And I'm like, oh how, my goodness! How do you not? How do you not understand this? Like, 
Like, well, but I don't get any payments for the first 10 years. Yes, but you also have zero money. And, and they're the also not thinking about the time value of money. And if it, the money that they're going to get today is, you know, you, you got to take a look at that. For example, in that deal, what I share is if you sell the note, the entire note, because of the loan to value, you're not going to get as much. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're going to take a larger discount. But if you're willing to keep the tail end of it, there's less of a discount. So you wind up making more money on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've got, I've got several of those set up that I, I, won't get, I won't get payments on them for another, I mean, the oldest one, probably two to three more years. And I don't sit around and go, boy, won't it be great when I start getting, <laughs> but when I do start getting the payments, it's going to be like, oh. <laughs> Christmas in July. <laughs> it, isn't, isn't that nice? And there's, you know, the more those you set up, the more, exactly. the more you know, kind of income you are throwing off into your future where you can't touch it. <laughs> yes. Great retirement. Great retirement. <laughs> yes. All right. We need to take a quick break. And, and I have a ton of questions from listeners sitting here in my inbox for you, Donna. So. Uh, if you have a question for Donna, send it to askvina at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A at gmail.com. Or you can also call it in at 877-772-9658. Am I on now? There we go. Yeah, sometimes I touch the microphone and... It's public radio. That's why we yeah. have fun drive. Could we get a could we get a pledge for a thousand bucks to replace this radio cord right now, please? Eight seven 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 two nine six five eight. Bob's driving home right now and he's like his his car's going Ree! on the highway and No, he's, he's reaching for the phone hoping somebody's pledging. <laughs> Um, okay, so talking today to Donna Bauer, and uh, she already kind of gave this away, but she's going to be one of the featured speakers at the OREA National Summit this year, which is on October 31st through November 3rd. If you have not yet written it on your calendar, write it on there in ink. Biggest conference in the United States for networking, learning what's new in the market, all that good kind of stuff. Uh, very, very affordable. And oh, we're going to have a deal on that for real life real estate listeners coming up in, I don't know, a few weeks, I guess, September. Early oh, sep- first week of September, first, right after Memorial. First week of September, right after Memorial Day. Uh, and in the meantime, if you want to kind of just drool over the <laughs> speakers list, it's at oreaconvention.com. Uh, but uh, she, uh, I'm not going to be on stage with Donna, so she'll actually be able to like talk and have have slides and examples and spreadsheets thankfully uh, yeah all, all kinds of stuff to kind of you know outline this in a, in a way that's hard to do on the radio right she yes. actually she actually brought a pile she's like the most organized <laughs> guest she brought she must have seriously 25 pages of notes in front of her and if we could just hold them up to the microphone and people could see all your wonderful examples and excel sheets <laughs> That would be, maybe we should just Facebook Live the radio shows from now on. Um, uh, but anyway, you can you can check her out more there. Uh, so listener questions, Donna. Um, first of all, John, I'm going to have Matt respond to your question because it's extremely Ohio specific. And we have listeners from all over the country and we don't want to confuse them and make them think that what's happening in Ohio with the laws is the same thing that's happening every place else with the laws. 
A uh, question from Robert in Hudson, Ohio. He says, please ask Donna if she has any experience dealing with zombie mortgages, specifically approaching the note, note holder and purchasing the mortgage. And, and for listeners who aren't familiar with that term, a zombie mortgage is one that the lender has has literally written off, like has abandoned the mortgage. They they like like for tax purposes it is no longer on there and for regulatory purposes it is no longer on their spreadsheets and a lot of times it's the result of uh bank acquisition i mean that that happened a lot from 2007 to like 2010 where bob's local corner bank had made too many bad mortgages and they got taken over in the middle of the night by the fdic who sold their assets to a much bigger bank and the bigger bank went through all the notes and mortgages and went you know the, these these are these are bad, but we think we can make, we can fix them. These are good, so we're keeping them. And then there's this handful that we just don't want to have anything to do with. We're not gonna foreclose. We're not gonna try and go after the. We just you know we got these things at twenty cents on the dollar. We're gonna throw some of them away. So with with that background, Donna, have you had any luck like waking up banks who have a mortgage that they that's been in default for years and they've they've either done nothing about it or or even literally just taken it off their books. Let me tell you the secret. You don't want to wake them up. <laughs> <laughs> you do what is called a quiet title action. And the thing is that you file this and most of the time the banks do not even respond. And it just goes through, it's wiped off the record and you get the deed. Mm -hmm. free and clear deed. That is normally what happens. Um, if the bank responds, then you have to deal with it. And I'm sure you can negotiate, <laughs> considering that they already wrote it off. I mean, yes. Yeah. And even even I've never paid the bank for an abandoned note. When you originally mentioned this, I thought you were talking about abandoned houses. No, no, I no. didn't know that you meant the note. Well, many times the houses are abandoned, too. I mean, you don't find zombie mortgages on like, you know, really nice move up houses. These tend to yeah. be things that have been, you know, they're, they're very taxed delinquent as well and they have you know um, condition issues and they're on the best neighborhoods but uh, I, the 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 short story robert is don't wake the zombie don't wake <laughs> exactly. the zombie. waking a zombie is like the worst do you not watch horror movies waking the zombie is the worst thing you can do and you know where a good place to find those is where's that uh, bankruptcies hmm. because the banks got tired of waiting through all the bankruptcy thing and they just kind of went ah mm-hmm had enough of this. I never thought about that. It's a great idea. Yes. And we do have a whole show in the podcast, by the way, on zombie mortgages with a guy named Joe Lucas. If you want to go to Real Life Real Estate and search for Joe Lucas, he does. He did an entire show just on what the process is for getting the property so that you can do the quiet title action and under what circumstances you would want to actually pay off those back taxes versus wait and see what happens with the quiet title action. A uh, question from Kenneth in Ann Arbor. He says, oh gosh, he's got like six questions here. Um, is there a rule of thumb on performing notes for purchase price? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a strangely worded <laughs> question, right? Because we don't, we don't buy notes based on like... That's a real estate investor question. Real estate investors, they want to know how much the house is worth and they want to pay a percentage of that. That is not how notes work. There's not a rule of thumb about the purchase price. 
there is a rule of thumb about the loan to value, and that's always where I start. Um, the the security of your note is directly related to how much equity is in the property. And just as a general rule of thumb, on a single family home, you wanna keep your loan to value at 80% or less. So that's gonna be the first thing that I start with when I'm formulating a quote. After that, I'm gonna look at a number of factors. Um, I wanna know what kind of property it is, what condition it is, where it's located at, um, then I want to look at the note itself. I want to know what the terms are. I want to know what the pay history is. Um, I want to know um, how long the note is. Does it have a balloon? Does it look like it was created? Uh, you know, there's no legal issues with the way it was written or created. Um, and then I want to look at the borrower. And I want to know, do I think this borrower is capable of continuing to pay? Do they have decent credit? I'm not saying it has to be great. But does it, do they have decent credit and do they have what appears to be stable employment? And I, I truly take all of those things into consideration. And that's how I determine the price of a note. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there, there's no standard. Yeah, these spreadsheets that I told you she has in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are spreadsheets where like you plug in. Some of these things that she's talking about, like, okay, so what's the monthly payment on the note? And if I'm, if because, because of the risk of this note, I want to make a 16% return, then what do I pay right. for that note to get a 16% return? And, and uh, something you had said earlier uh, made me think about the same thing, which is that n notes should be, the return on notes should be risk-based in other words if it's yes. if it's like a if it's like a sparklingly wonderful seasoned great security great borrower and it's a performing note you might get six percent i mean you, you might have to buy that note at a six percent return because it's going to be a very desirable note but if it's got a little ding in it Great house. Okay, but I would, borrowing. I really. You wouldn't buy it at 6%. I, I, no, but, I wouldn't. Would, I, there's no way I would. But, but, but listen. But there's a market for that at 6%. But, but, but wait, wait, wait. I wouldn't buy it at 6%. I know you wouldn't. Okay, I wouldn't either. Let's but there's just, a market let's, for it at 6%. Let, let's just say, <laughs> let's just say I buy it at 8%. But do you know that if it pays off early, I could wind up with a 25% return. Mm -hmm. True. So just because you buy it at the initial rate, you're yield, yield to maturity is what we call it. Um, if, if that note pays off early, which is something that I love to do and that I really teach people to do, I entice the people to pay off early because I bought it at a discount. What people don't realize is there are two profit centers to notes. There is the, the rate of interest that they're paying on the money that's out, and there's the discount that you negotiated up front. And if you get a person to pay off early and you realize that discount, your rate of return is going to go through the roof. It's not unusual to get an 80-90% return on a performing discounted note mm -hmm. and never deal with the tenants, the trash the toilets. Thank you for letting me get a word in edgewise, Vina. That's so good. Welcome. You're so welcome. Um, a question from Charles in Cincinnati. Um, it's actually a two-part question. What would a new investor do to hunt for notes? And I'm particularly interested in non-performing notes. Okay. Um, well, first of all, I, I wanted to confirm what you said earlier. If you want to buy notes and you're not going to your local RIA group, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. 
because I, actually the second, the first note I bought was from direct mail. That was where I wound up negotiating it in the Boone County, Kentucky jail. The second one I bought from a real estate investor at the Cincinnati Rio Group some 30 years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, whether you know it or not, there are investors at the Rio Group doing notes. And, and they have non-performing notes as well as performing. They have both. Yes. Every time I have a note I want to sell, which would uh, typically be because I'm, I carried it back. And now I need to, I need that money because I found an opportunity I like better than I like the yeah. note. I go to Bria and sell it. Like I probably go in there six times a year and say, I've got a note for sale. And I, they always sell really, really fast because there's, there's a big appetite for them. But um, yeah, I, I, note buyers who are like, oh no, those people are real estate people are nuts. They need to be in there they networking. Don't, they don't know enough to be embarrassed. There are people that do both. But I want to say one other thing. Um, if I were just starting cold turkey and didn't wanted to know where to find non-performing notes, I'd start calling banks. Mm. Smile and dial. Smile and dial. That's exactly and- right. And then his second question is, how do you make non-performing notes profitable? Because, of course, oh the, by, by their definition, what you're buying <laughs> is something that, like, you're buying a debt that you know for sure is not being paid. Man, how do you answer that in a minute? I know. We've got, like, we've got, like, four <laughs> minutes left in the show. Well, I mean, well, there's, there, there's, there's, all, basically, there's basically, like, two things that you're hoping will happen, so just cover those, like. Well, first of all, that what I would look at is the the property. I need to know that is there enough security that if those if I can't work out anything on the note, can I foreclose? Is that a note that is enforceable that I can foreclose and take the property? That's the first thing that I'm going to look at. And then the second thing I'm going to do is I, I need to know, do I want to try to do a workout with the borrower? And if I can't find the borrower, am I willing just to take an empty house, a vacant house? Mm -hmm. And so it depends on uh, so many different factors. And that's why I say new people shouldn't jump into non-performing notes because there's so many different things. You got to be willing to go, you know, juggle things. But um, the first thing I would try to do is I would negotiate with uh, with the borrower and negotiate a full settlement, a partial settlement, uh, modify the note. I mean, there's so many different payment things plan. that you can do. Yeah. You can't make a payment plan, so just sign the property over to me. Absolutely. <laughs> Get the deed in lieu of foreclosure. Yeah. Yeah. So there's 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 a number of different uh, things that you can do uh, with those Charles. Uh, so uh, back to Ken in Ann Arbor. Uh <laughs> This is kind of a personal question, and I guess if you don't want to answer it, you don't have to. But he says, within the last five years, how many notes that you own have gone into default? So I assume he means like you bought it thinking it was going to be performing, and then it went into default anyway. She's got a very thoughtful look on her face. She's. I cannot remember any of them in the last five years going into default. Hmm. I am very careful. Now, if I already bought it, if it's a non-performing note, that's a totally different thing. But when I buy a performing note, I have done a thorough analysis, and uh, I can't think of any of them that have gone bad. I, I have had to renegotiate some. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, that's happened a couple times. Uh, oh, I, uh, one I'm thinking of. The gal, um, I, I don't remember what happened to her, but she could no longer pay $641 a month. But she could pay four hundred. So I said, Okay, you keep paying me the four hundred. She said she was gonna list the property for sale 
And that way, because she had a lot of equity in it. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, I'll give you six months. Just continue paying the 400 because her, my loan to value, my equity was decreasing, you mm -hmm. know, because it was negative amortization. But she sold the property and she was thrilled and so thankful to me because I could have taken a house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I could have said, look, give me the deed now or I'm foreclosing tomorrow. But instead, I gave her that option and it worked out great for me. My return was like... 70 some percent because she paid off early. Mm -hmm. She sold the house and paid me off. Mm -hmm. That's a great example. That I forgot about that one. Yeah, so I mean it, it, working when you when you own the note Kenneth, you're like you're the bank, but unlike the bank, you don't have like corporate rules that you have to follow about yes. well, we don't let people only pay $400 a month on their $600. You can, you know, work out things that make sense for you and the other person. That's the beauty of it. You can really make win-win situations. Yeah. So, yeah. Vina, there's something that's been on my mind that I just want to put in as a last word, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Um, one of the big misconceptions about note buying is that you have to go in to the note buying business. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the farthest thing from the truth. Um, you can do two note deals a year. I mean, if it takes 20 hours to put a note deal together, we're talking 40 hours a year and significantly increase your financial, improve your financial future. I mean, you can take $100,000 and doing two deals a year in 10 years have over a million dollars. Just doing two little note deals, performing note deals. And you could do two deals a year without even doing a lot of marketing. Like I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I, I am, I am convinced that anyone who's listening anywhere in the country, if they have any kind of active real estate association and they just went every month and said, yes. Hey, anybody got a note? Hey, anybody yes. got a note? Hey, anybody got land contract, you know, something you carried back, something you bought, you don't want it anymore. I'm, I'm here. You would do two a year just from doing a that. Absolutely. It could easily be done. All right. Well, I'm afraid we are coming very, very close to out of time here. So uh, I'm going to read you one more quick question from uh, Charles, if I can get back to his email here. What did I do with Charles's email? Uh, it was about servicers. He wanted to know, do you, when, when you buy a note or you create a note, do you use third-party servicers to make sure that the payments are collected and the escrow is collected and all that sort of thing, or do you service them yourself? If you are going to be buying non-performing notes, absolutely you must use a servicer. If you are buying performing notes, um, it, it kind of depends. Um, if you're going to, going to be escrowing taxes and insurance, yes, use a servicer, most definitely. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, all they're paying is principal and interest, and particularly if that's going direct into my IRA, then I don't use a servicer for that. I kind of use the IRA trustee as a servicer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all there. I, I just go online. Check. You don't have to worry about anybody accusing you of misusing the money no. in the escrow account. Yes. Okay. No. <laughs> all right. Very good. Well, as you guys can tell, Donna is super excited about her business, even after all of these years. And you can come see her at the National Real Estate Strategy Summit. Mark your calendars, October 31st through November 2nd, or sorry, 3rd. And we will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.